So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. Hello, this is The Black Swan by Nassim Taleb or Nassim Nicholas Taleb. Yeah. And with that being said, hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Self Development with Tactics podcast. And I'm really happy to be here and I'm also really happy to go through this episode even though, or to go through the summary actually more, even though I've actually found a new book that we're going to go through afterwards, which is also quite only consisting of stoic wisdom, stoic phrases that are still applicable for today's life, which is amazing, which is really fucking amazing. It's basically the kind of same thing that I'm having here and also in uh, Tim Ferriss' Tribes of Mentor and also uh, Tools of Titans. Two really cool books, at least the summaries, you know. I haven't read quite a lot of books but I've read a lot of summaries, you know. Yeah, can I say that a book is good just because the summary is good? No. Still, the summary was good. <laughs> but yeah, and please consider subscribing to the podcast and also to the YouTube channel. So, as you have heard, it is actually a podcast, so if you are on a YouTube video, please consider going down into the description and checking out the, um, the podcast. You might be just better off by doing that, you know, because you might be faster by doing that since you're just having the chance of listening to it instead of just watching it and by listening to it, you can actually do something simultaneously, but what not, you know? We're gonna go ahead with the summary. I propose that if you want a simple step to a higher form of life, as distant from the animal as you can get, then you may have to denarrate, that is, shut down the television set, minimize time spent reading newspapers and ignore the blogs. Just a phrase alone, as distant from the animal as you can get. Just then do nothing, nothing that can get into your head. I kind of have a funny feeling that this is actually kind of a way that a lot of philosophers philosophers take, you know, not consume any, anything, actually besides books. Is he talking about books? No, he is actually not talking about minimize the time spent reading newspapers. Okay, newspapers, but he's not definitely talking about books. So I don't know what he's heading to actually. As you give someone more info, the more they will refine and create predictions and the more wrong they will end up being, they will interpret random noise as valuable data. Truly, yeah? Truly. Sir Francis Bacon commented that the most important advances are the least predictable ones, those lying out of the path of the imagination. And it definitely is, you know? There's probably gonna, some, there's probably gonna happen something to me that I don't really expect. For example, yesterday, I think... Yeah, yesterday I have quite been unable to upload my fucking episodes to fucking YouTube. I love YouTube, you know. <laughs> and just because my internet was so fucked up, I think just because I was watching some YouTube videos while I'm working out and while I'm uploading or while I was uploading the, the episodes. So I don't know, like it was something unexpected because normally it's quite fine when I'm doing something like that. You know, normally it's not kind of just letting everything die. Quite. But yeah, in reality... Have I read the other one? Yes. In reality, languages grow organically. Grammar is something people without anything more exciting to do in their lives codify into a book. While the scholastic-minded will memorize declensions, the aplatonic nonard will acquire, say, cerebrocration by picking up potential girlfriends in bars on the outskirts of Sarajevo 
or talking to cab drivers, then fitting, if needed, grammatical rules to the knowledge by already possesses. He already possesses. I think the bottom line there is that you should be using the language and you should not be reading them. I guess. I guess this is kind of the bottom line. To borrow from Warren Buffett, don't ask. The barber if you need a haircut and don't ask an academic if what he does is relevant. <laughs> I'm gonna repeat it. The, to borrow from Warren Buffett, don't ask the barber if you need a haircut. Don't ask the barber if you need a haircut. Well, and don't ask an academic if what he does is relevant. Because it's probably not relevant. I'm just joking. If you're an academic or academic, whatever it is actually pronounced, I don't know, once again. Um, yeah. Everyone should be doing what he and or she wants to be doing. Whether it is being a, an academic, just being a professor at some university, being a fucking entrepreneur, whatever. On the other hand, there are some things that we are meant to be. We all are meant to be someone and we all are meant to do something. Whether it is being actually an entrepreneur or being actually a professor and or just, I don't know, being a sales guy. Could also be the case or could also be the thing that you are meant to be. The next category actually or the next yeah, more or less chapter. The tribute of opacity, the illusion of understanding or how everyone thinks he knows what is going on in a world that is more complicated or random than they realize. The retrospective distortion or how we can assess matters only after the facts as if they were in a rearview mirror. History seems clearer and more organized in history books than in empirical reality. Definitely. The overvaluation of factual information and the handicap of authoritative and learned people, particularly when they create categories, when they platonify. The overvaluation of factual information and the handicap of authoritative and learned people, particularly when they create categories, when they platonify, which means ex just nothing, I guess, because I've looked it up. Nothing. <laughs> it means nothing. But I guess I especially like the term or kind of the phrase or sentence or part of the sentence, the over-evaluation of or over-valuation of factual information, which means memorizing fucking facts and or data, which is in 2019 the worst fucking bullshit that you can actually be doing. Kinda. You know, like, of course, there's more things that you can be doing that are way worse. But in terms of learning something, you can look up things. So why the fuck would you be fucking memorizing fucking fucking data? Why? You know, it doesn't make any fucking sense to do so. You know, because you can be looking it up. You can just go on to Google, uh, search for it, and then just pick it up. And that's fucking it. Of course, it makes sense if you're just having to use these certain datas or these certain information uh, more often than once. It actually makes sense to memorize them and to just have them in your mind. But... Uh, nothing more, I would say. Like, still it is difficult because in the last episode I've been talking about the thing that I'm thinking about, which is, should I be learning or should I not be learning for school? Even though I don't actually know if I'm going to be in need of this particular information that I'm going to get out of school or out of the thing that I'm having to learn. Should I still be doing it just because I don't know if I'm in the end going to need it or not? Or should I just give a fuck about it and do something else that I think at this point in time is valuable. Also in just long-term perspective. Really, 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 really difficult. The next chapter. Medio-Christian versus Extremistian. 
It's probably this is probably the kind of worst pronunciation of these two words you've ever heard. But I don't mind. The first point, medio Christian or Christen is the linear limited difference expectable realm of human height and running speeds. Extremisten is the unexpected black swan world of financial markets, book sales and death by terrorism. Well, Mediocristen is where we must endure the tyranny of the collective, the routine, the obvious and the predicted. Extremisten is where we are subjected to the tyranny of the singular, the accidental, the unseen and the unpredicted. And the last one is, you can't lose a ton of weight in one day, but you can lose a ton of money. You can. You indeed can, because losing money is actually something that's... Is it unexpected? Is it unexpected? I guess actually not. But you can expect, but it's not unexpected that you're not going to lose a lot of weight. But if you do, it's going to be unexpected. I don't know. I'm just trying to kind of uh, connect these things that he's talking about to these things that he's talking about. You know, to kind of actually get his world some kinder. The turkey, which is the next chapter. Consider a turkey that is fed every day. Every single day feeding will firm up the bird's belief that it is the general rule of life to be fed every day by friendly members of the human race. Looking out for its best interests, as a politician would say, on the afternoon on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, something unexpected will happen to the turkey. It will incur a revision of belief. <laughs> Which kind of just says that we are able to also revision uh, our beliefs or have a revision of our beliefs if something unexpected happens, if something happens that we don't just expect, you know, that we can't think of. And I guess it actually also makes sense, you know, because if you're living in a world and if you're kind of having your world in terms of, okay, your beliefs and your habits and whatever you're having, if you're having this world and something happens that destroys your fucking world, of course, you're going to think about the world and all your life and all your thoughts and all your beliefs and or habits in a different way. The thing is, what could something like that be in just a human's life, I would say? Um, maybe when somebody dies, this could be one of the things. I'm just only thinking about some severe things because, of course, when you're dying as the turkey does, it is something pretty severe. It is something that's pretty astonishing. It's, it's pretty just staggering, to be honest. But yeah, yeah, maybe something else. Maybe something else you can just... Maybe you comment some, if you just know about something or if you're just thinking about something, hit me up on social media and tell me and or just hit me up in the comments below if you're on the YouTube video. Its confidence increased as the number of friendly feedings grew and it felt increasingly safe even through the slaughter or it's actually slaughter, I guess, um, was more and more imminent or eminent or imminent. If you survive until tomorrow, it could mean that either A, you are more likely to be immortal or B, that you are closer to death. Both conclusions rely on the exact same data. Yes, it is just how we think about things. It's just how we look at things, I would argue. Sucker problems. Black swans are relative to, our, to your knowledge and expectations. What is a black swan to some may be completely, and completely expected to others. The butcher is not surprised before Thanksgiving, but the turkey is. Which is amazing, which is a really amazing paragraph in my point of view. Avoid situations where you can be a fool in a huge way. Avoid dependence on large, potentially harmful predictions. Should you avoid things or situations where you can be a fool in a huge way? If it means that you're going to lose a lot of money, of course. If it means that you're going to just 
be quite dead afterwards, of course. But I'm not quite sure about that. Like, it is about failure. It is about just being in outside of your comfort zone, which is something, which is, at least in my point of view, something that's over-talked, actually. You know, a lot of people are talking about the comfort zone. Of course, it is something important. But I don't like the word, just because such a lot of people seem to be using it or seem to be... Um, not even in the wrong way, you know, they're using it in a completely correct way, and I would also say that it is something that's quite important, but still, it is so overdone and so overused and so over-leveraged uh, and whatnot, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> quite. <laughs> that's it. Hmm. <laughs> uh, God. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Um, I would say that you, of course, should be doing some things that are that are not like normal habits for you, to just try them out and see how they're feeling and what it is like and whatnot. Domain specific knowledge. We can learn things in one area and fail to trans transfer them to other or another. Knowing that all squares are rectangles but not all rectangles are squares does not seem to help us realize that all Muslims are not terrorists. Which is something so fucked up. Like it really is. By the way, the narrative fallacy. When looking back at history, we tend to construct an interpretation that fits into a nice story, when it's likely that what actually occurred was much more random and unplanned. We want to believe there was a nice clear progression and that it was predictable when really it wasn't. The way to avoid the ills of the narrative fallacy is to favor experimentation over storytelling, experience over history and clinical knowledge over theories. Which makes sense, you know, all of them truly make sense. Silent evidence. Rarely do we see the failures of a situation there is a strong bias towards the winners or a survivorship bias. We see the people who were nudged to shore by the dolphins because they survived, not the people who were nudged away and drowned. Yes, and we don't also often think about them, unfortunately. We don't think about all the uh, failures that somebody had and or somebody is having at this point in time. But we're gonna acknowledge... like. We are going to acknowledge those things that somebody achieved, that we are seeing, that this person is famous, that this person is known for, whatever. Um, we are seeing that and we are acknowledging these things. The danger of averages. When you measure averages in extremism, you run the risk of getting useless and dangerous information. If you cross a river that is on average four feet deep, you will likely drown. Taking advantage, taking advantage of serendipity, positive black swans. Position yourself in industry with small losses and huge wins, like venture capital, publishing, scientific research, or movies. Is there small losses in movies? I wouldn't say so. Like, either you're just a really top actor or you're just not. Don't look for the price and local. Don't be narrow-minded. Don't try to predict. Just move in the right direction. Size any opportunity or anything that looks like an opportunity. Positive black swan can only, be, can only benefit you if you're exposed to them. Work hard in chasing such opportunities and exposing yourself to them. Go to parties. I understand. Be skeptical of any precise plan within extremist government planning, which is in brackets. Do not waste time trying to fight forecasters or other people platonifying extremist. Put yourself in a situation where the favorable consequences are much greater than the negative ones. Not necessarily more likely, but more life-changing. Which, by the way, makes sense. And then we actually are at the end. I didn't actually know that we we're going to be able to go through the whole one. The end. 
Missing a train is only painful if you run after it, if you, if you allow yourself to care. Just the case. You can stand above society and the pecking order by choice by creating your own idea of success. Totally. Uh, quitting a high-paying position or quitting a high-paying position if it is your decision will seem better payoff than the utility of the money involved. This may seem crazy, but I've tried it and it works. This is the first step towards the Stoics throwing a four-letter word at fate. Yeah. <laughs> you, have, you have far more control over your life if you decide on your criterion by yourself. And the last one is actually from Seneca. Seneca ended his essays written in the epistolary epistolary form with val or veil often mistranslated as farewell it has the same roots as value and valor and means both be strong i.e robust and be worthy veil and that's quite it with this summary i've uh i, I it's it, it is very scientific at least in my point of view kinda and it is something that i do not really like since by going through things on a podcast, I'm not really able to take my time. Of course I can, but I'm gonna then just uh, stretch the episode in an unnecessary way and I'm not really willing to do so. I kind of feel like it's it's not good. It's not gonna make anything better for me. Maybe, I don't know. But I kind of just want to value your time. You know, we don't have a lot of time and I do not want to waste yours. That's quite it. So yeah, I, therefore I should also probably end the episode there. So I wish you the best health of happiness and also success and also hope that you're going to remind yourself and you're going to be remembered, which basically means your legacy, which basically means that you're just going to be a nice person and also going to be remembered as a nice person. Motherfucker. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, three other questions that I'm having for you are why are you here? What are you trying to change? And what is bothering you the most? These three are hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even a business idea since a lot of companies started out with solving something that really pissed them off in the first place. And I'm going to see you the next time. So please subscribe to the podcast and also to the YouTube channel. And then I'm actually going to see you the next time.